Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast today. I'm so honored and excited about my guest. It's been a while that I've been trying to have her on the podcast, but as most of you know, I took the summer off and so she released her most recent book in September. And uh, we're going to talk today about how to move past the lies of the enemy, knowing who we are in Christ. And many women carry the pain of insecurity and loneliness. And so if you're listening, that might not be um, it might not be foreign to you, sadly. In fact, statistics are showing we have a, an epidemic, a pandemic of loneliness and all of the challenges that creates for us. And she wrote, she's not your enemy. She's a popular blogger and a podcast host. Jen Schultz is here today, and she's helping us know how to combat the lies of our real enemy and see ourselves the way that God sees us. So welcome, Jen. I'm so honored and excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Angela. I'm excited to chat with you. It's going to be fun. Me too. So you write and speak about messy faith, about shaking off shame, which is so important to us, and pursuing God's purpose confidently. You're a wife and you're a mom. So a lot of things that you're living in. So tell us what a typical week might look like for you. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I I have a, a very young daughter who is not quite a year yet. And so every day is different. Honestly, she does not like to sleep. So some days I wake up after a few hours of sleep and, uh, you know, get my older kids off to school. And then, uh, yeah, she and I throughout the day, she's my little buddy. We uh, we play, we do some stuff around the house. When she goes down for a nap, I write like crazy (laughs) and just try to get out as much as I can. Um, it's funny because I started blogging and I started sharing when my older two were younger and now they're in elementary school. And so I remember this from when, when they were younger, you know, kind of scrambling to get writing in where I could and even reading in where I could. And then, um, yeah, now it's, it's all coming back to me. So that's kind of what it's like at the moment. Well, it's so good that you say that because I, I talk to a lot of aspiring writers and they just kind of put it off. Well, when I have more time, when this, when that, and speaking to the fact that that, may not ever happen. Like you, you found these nooks and crannies. I have a friend that calls it to write. She has four mm. kids and some are very young. Oh, um, yeah. So how long, how long has, did it take you to write this message? I'm sure it was burning in your heart before you released it. So was it a process? Was it something you just sat down and committed to talk us through why this was so important for you to write this resource? Well, I had the thought come into my head of she's not your enemy Hmm. a a few years ago. And I actually posted it on Instagram. And I just found so many people were resonating with that. Hmm. Even just that phrase, she's not your enemy. You know, like, wait a minute. So the person next to me, the person that I feel at odds with the people that I, you know, fight with regularly, or the people that reject me, they're not really the enemy here. It's not really me versus them. And so the more we started talking about it, the more things just kind of came together. And I, I kept kind of pursuing this, this thought. Uh, I ended up um, sharing it with, with a publisher and writing out a full proposal. And they were like, this is, this is what we want to hear about. So let's do it. And so I started writing it actually at the beginning of 2022. And right around the time I signed my contract, I found out I was pregnant. So mm-hmm. I had kind of this season of, 
I'm really, really sick. I need to get started writing this book. Mm. And uh, it was kind of, it was just, just a chaotic, like amazing, like God coming and meeting me here kind of year, but it was definitely, it was, it was a lot all at one time. And it took probably about a year to sit down and write the whole book, actually less than a year. It was going to take, let's see. Probably about nine months or so, right about the time that I was pregnant, which is funny. I was going to say you were doubly, you were doubly pregnant, <laughs> a book yes, baby, exactly. and a real baby, two babies. <laughs> if anyone's <laughs> ever written a book, they know it's 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 a it's an arduous process. It can be so fulfilling and so rewarding, especially like we're saying, if you're pregnant with this message, it's burning in you. You know it's a need. You know you've encountered other women that are struggling. We don't want to see women struggle. We want to see them free to be all that God has called them to be. So it's such a needed resource. She's not your enemy is the name of it. So Jen, let's just talk about it, kind of dive in on some um, some of the aspects that you cover. So for many of us, somewhere along the way, seeds were planted that made us question our belonging and worth. And we may be wrestling that right now as we're even listening. So you share that you fell for the lie, that you were only as loved and accepted as how good you were. And I fell for that same lie. It took me many years to kind of unravel that perfectionism and even the way that that affected my relationship with the Lord. So how did you walk with the Lord and his word? Because it's, it can be a long process. You know, he may deliver us overnight, but we didn't get there overnight. So it may be a process. So talk about how his, the word um, and just coming to the conviction that God frees us to live loved and wholeheartedly. What was that process like? And, and how was the Bible so instrumental in that? Sure. Well, I, got to a point where I broke down. Honestly, I just felt like I was constantly paranoid and anxious that people were going to find out that I wasn't um, this, this appearance, this image that I put on, you know, this, Mm -hmm. this image of, oh, I've got it. I've got it figured out. I'm faithful. God is good. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Um, You know, saying yes to everyone because I didn't have boundaries because I was, I was afraid to say no. Um, you know, just kind of uh, fearing that that people were going to find out that underneath I was terrified all the time, so afraid of being exposed as a failure or as weak or um, just not not as good. I, I still had all this this shame and this guilt that I carried with me because I kept falling short. As much as I tried to be perfect, I kept falling short, and then I kept putting up this image like, "Oh, I've got it all together," right. and it all just it all came together, and I I just broke down and. Uh, I started asking around, started asking trusted friends for advice. Uh, I had a friend um, suggest going to biblical counseling, which was transformative for me talking to um, to these dear friends and also to this biblical counselor. And all of them were pointing me back to scripture and saying, what you believe and how you're living your life, is that really what God says in the Bible? Is that really what he wants for you? Is that how Jesus lived? You know, asking these these questions where I... I knew the right answer. I grew up in the church. So it, it, it just was very easy for me to come up with the right answers. Like, oh, of course, Jesus served everybody. And of course, he never said no. And of course, of course, of course. Mm. But then when I really started to look at the scriptures, I was like, wait a minute, like Jesus had boundaries. God has boundaries. Um, God, 
God is loving and compassionate towards us, even at our worst. Mm. You know, he loves us. He chose us. He uh, made us holy and blameless in Christ. Like I just kept going back to these verses and realizing, wow, this whole image I had of God for one thing was wrong. And then the whole image I had of how I thought God saw me was wrong. I thought he was, you know, some kind of disappointed boss that was always looking at me and shaking his head and just impatient. Like, oh, she messed up again, you know? Mm. Um, Why do I even have her here? I guess I'll put up with her for a little bit longer. You know, just having this image of God that was completely wrong. And going back to the scriptures, going back to what he actually said and who he actually is, it just changed everything for me. Mm. Uh, It really put me in a place where I I wasn't afraid anymore of what people were thinking of me. I wasn't anxious about how how much I could keep up with the other women around me or how much of an image I could put on. So that was that was really a transformative time for me. It's so crucial, Jen, you're articulating it so beautifully that what we believe about God has so much to do with what we believe about ourselves, Mm -hmm. about our relationships with others. So to go back to that starting place, wait, what am I believing about God? Because that will frame everything else. Do we see Mm -hmm. him as, as distant? Do we see him as unhappy with us as you're describing or, or a taskmaster? All of those Mm -hmm. things factor in to how we relate or live loved by God. And then how we react to other people. Uh, One of my just focuses in life is to help others ground their worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world, because those two messages are countercultural. And I mean, Mm -hmm. they they contradict each other. You're not going to be able to live according to the message of the world, be more, be this, do more. Uh, You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not something enough. Um, and the Bible encourages us to know who we are in Christ and let that be the starting place. So I love that you share that. I want to read something that you wrote. Unhealthy comparison isn't a relational issue. It's an identity problem. I'm going to say that again. Unhealthy comparison isn't a relational issue. It's an identity problem. It has everything to do with how we perceive God and how we think he views us. So that's really so profoundly said. Talk to us about that for a minute, Jen, because I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm struggling with comparison or competition. Um, I'm having relationship issues. Now it can cause relationship issues, but the way you're really redefining that for us is no, first and foremost, it's an identity issue. So help us unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I set out to write this book about comparison and the more I dug into it, the more I realized it all came back to my insecurity, um, which is not a shameful thing. Uh, I was really asking these deep and meaningful and needed questions. Like, do I belong? Am I loved? Am I valuable? Do I have a purpose? Um, but the problem was I kept looking at other people to answer those questions. Uh, So I would look at somebody else and say, well, she's got all this, you know, she's got it all going on. She must have it together. She must be loved and she must be worthy, but not me. I I still have to work harder. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, and I, I just realized that these, these important questions that are so needed, I really needed to go to God with them. I really needed to take them to him and have him answer those questions instead of, either trying to find it within myself and work harder and, you know, make myself look good or find it by comparing myself to other women around me. Uh, it just was not working any other way that I was doing it. And so, um, but yeah, that became the focus of the book. And even what you were saying about just how it has to start with, with who God is. Right. Um, because when we have a good solid understanding of who God is, that's when we can see how he, he looks at us without any kind of 
um, worldly filter of, you know, he's impatient, he's frustrated with us, he's annoyed with us, you know, those are all human characteristics. Those are not characteristics that describe God. Um, It was learning how to differentiate between, you know, this is, this is what God is saying. And this is what Satan's saying. This is what God is saying. He he is loving and he's compassionate and gracious. That's God's voice. Satan's voice is completely different. It's full of lies. It's full of shame. It's full of work harder, do better. Um, so learning how to, to really, um, be very clear on who God is, uh, was the start. And then I could start to answer those questions with him. Were there certain passages that helped you to really understand more about his nature? If someone's listening, they're like, I am really struggling with, with my self-worth, with all those things you just listed, um, feeling maybe imposter syndrome, or just feeling like you're, you're just never good enough, never measuring. It's it's, it's exhausting. That is an exhausting way to live. Um, and not to mention it keeps you constantly really looking at yourself because you're looking at others and constantly comparing yourself. So it's hard to keep our eyes on God when we're just so we don't mean to be self-focused. We wouldn't say that we are, but at the same time it really is. And it's a very draining way to live. So if someone's listening, they're like, I really want freedom from this. What passage or book of the Bible would you kind of direct them to, to ground themselves in first? Well, I love Psalm 103. That is a great place to go. Uh, It describes who God is so very clearly and how he relates to us. And then Romans eight as well, just the whole chapter top to bottom is just again and again and again, such wonderful affirmations from God. And then the one that I share all the time when it comes to um, our own identity and how God sees us is Ephesians one, where it just talks about just back to back. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We're chosen. We're made holy and blameless Mm. on and on adopted because that was, that made God happy to adopt us into his family. Just all of those again and again. Um, And, and I would say too, that it doesn't, take one or two readings of these to really get it to sink into your heart. It didn't for me. Um, I was the kind of person who, if somebody paid me a compliment, I would think that they were lying because I just did not believe good things about myself. It was so hard to really absorb that there was good to me because I believed so many bad things. And um, so it it really takes holding to these scriptures, like doing the work, going back to them, memorizing them. I'm actually working on memorizing Ephesians one, which is kind of terrifying to me. I'm like a whole chapter of the Bible. I've memorized different verses here and there, but it's one that I've gone back to so many times that I'm like, I need this in my heart. I need it at the ready for when the devil tries to come in and convince me of something that's not true. It's so good. It's so good. So Psalm 103, Romans 8 and Ephesians mm-hmm. 1. So if you're driving yeah. or not where you can write it down, jot that down it. later. Yeah. Come back to that because <laughs> sometimes we can just say, just ground your worth in the word. And then the Bible just seems mm-hmm. overwhelming or intimidating to someone and we right. never start. So we're going to give you some handles today. So start there. And I love that Jen re, you know, repeat that, go back to it, get it in your mm-hmm. spirit. It's going to take more than one or two readings. It, we didn't yeah. get there overnight. So those, those renewing of the mind and, and creating yeah. new pathways, neural pathways that are so important. Yeah. It, our minds can be renewed through the word, but it mm-hmm. takes time and we're getting bombarded with so many negative messages externally, yeah. as well as from our own thoughts. And then of course you talk a lot about the enemy 
So let's talk about him. We don't like to talk about him, but let's talk about him for a minute. <laughs> right. He's not your enemy. You point us to yeah. the real enemy, yeah. not the women in the mirror, not yeah. the women who seem to have it all together, but yeah. our real spiritual enemy who tries yeah. to overthrow us with harmful lies. So why is it so crucial, Jen, that we understand the way that our real enemy works? I think uh, one of the reasons is that he tries to isolate us. He really wants us on our own uh, so that he can take us out easier. Uh, There's a scripture that says uh, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I I remember that reading that recently and thinking someone, you know, not like a group of people. He, Mm -hmm. He waits until you're isolated. He waits until you're disconnected and discouraged. And that's his plan to take you out. And so I think it's just so important to recognize that those, um, those thoughts that are, you know, tearing you down that feel like they're, they're dragging you under those kind of spiral downward spiral kind of thinking those thoughts aren't from God. Right. Um, there he's not, God doesn't use shame. He doesn't try to intimidate us or bully us. Uh, he doesn't tell us that we need to work harder and do better those are not from God. And so really identifying those lies and being very clear about what they are is going to help you uh, be able to turn back to God and be close to him and lean into him. Um, Because when you're believing the lies, that's, that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you running away from God because you're thinking these things like, Oh, he's just disappointed with me. He's just annoyed with me. Oh, he's just going to make me feel bad. And it's, that's exactly where he, that's exactly where the enemy wants you. He wants you right. running in the opposite direction. And the Bible says, when we run to God, God runs to us. So, so um, good. So good yeah. Job. So I don't even know if I answered your question. Honestly, you really did. I think we need to be clear on who the enemy is and what he says. Exactly. He I think I identifying that we have a real enemy. I mean, yeah. Satan is real and he was a created mm-hmm. being. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient like God mm-hmm. is. But he is only knows how to lie. He's, he's, you know, has many names, one being the accuser of the brethren. So he does nothing but accuse us all day long and wear us down, beat us down. So what you identified is so important. You don't have to worry if you're listening about knowing more about the enemy. So it's important to know that we have one, but the Mm -hmm. more you know about God's character, then, Mm -hmm. you know, wait a minute, that's not the way God talks. Yeah. That's not Mm -hmm. the way God would speak to me. That's not the way God feels about me. And then you're able to discern and identify. I have a friend that works as a bank teller and she said, Mm -hmm. you know, when they teach us to look for counterfeit bills, um, what they tell us is to really study the original to where it's Mm -hmm. so obvious to us what the original bill looks like that we easily spot a counterfeit. It's not that you need to, it's, it's kind of the same with world religions. It can be overwhelming to think, well, I need to know a little bit about Islam and a little bit about, you know, Buddhism and a little bit about everything. And it's not a bad idea to have a basic premise. I do a lot of international ministry, so I have to have basic premises, but I will drown trying to figure out everything that every other world religion, false religion believes. What I need to really know is what is the word of God really say? And then you're able to quickly identify, wait a minute, that is not biblical. That is not scriptural. That is not going to bring life and truth and freedom So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, we don't have to really know everything about the enemy, but we need to know that Mm -hmm. he works 
and that mm-hmm. he lies. And that is the primary way that he speaks to us and tries mm-hmm. to get us torn down. So another thing I want to just mention before we wrap up in a few minutes is that you do divide this into sections that I love. You mentioned other kind of women that we might see ourselves in competition or comparison with. So many of us can relate to these, Jen. So one of these you highlight is really rejection. So what encouragement do you have for us if we're listening and we we want to really know our identity in Christ? We want to identify these lies, but we're, we're struggling with the woman who may not include us, mm-hmm. the woman who does not include you. So talk yeah. about that. Why was it important for you to write about her and the struggle we have? And what do we do with those feelings of rejection? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, we've all experienced rejection and it is painful. I found it so interesting that our, uh, I I don't even know if I can explain it properly, but it runs along the same parts of our brain when we get physically hurt uh, to when we're, we're rejected, when we're feeling rejected. So we actually like feel pain when we're rejected. It's, it's something that our body processes as pain. And I just found that so fascinating because I, I relate like my stomach clenches and my heart beats faster. And I, you know, I just, I can feel tense when somebody has rejected me. It hurts. It's painful. And, uh, and, and we all experience it. We all do it too. That's something yeah. that I, I share in the book is it just makes us feel powerful when we can leave somebody on the outside. Ooh, uh, so I think we've all kind of experienced both sides of it. You know, when somebody has rejected us, left us out, you know, went on a fun girls trip and didn't invite us, you know, all these things. Um, but sometimes we do it too. I, I talk about at the end, how like it, it made me feel better that I was talking with a group of women and there was a woman on the outside and I was like, I could include her, but I'm already mid conversation, you know, like we just play these kind of mind games with ourselves. Um, And it's, it's so important to remember that everybody, everybody does it, but it also is so important to remember that it's, it's painful and we, we need each other. We need to kind of break down those barriers of, well, it makes me feel better when somebody else is left out, putting that aside. Um, but it's also really important to remember that uh, even Jesus says, we're going to be left out. Yeah. We're going to be excluded right. uh, in this world. That's just what it is, especially as, uh, um, as a part of God's family, as an advocate for God, as a representative of him in this world, we're going to be rejected by this world. It's going to happen. He right. guarantees it, unfortunately, which is really hard to hear because I don't want to be rejected. Right. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. But the amazing thing is we do belong somewhere. We are adopted in the family of God. That Amen. is where we belong. And so to hold on to that truth, it doesn't, you know, eliminate all the pain from being rejected, but it is, it does give us a reminder that we belong. There is a place that we belong. It makes God happy to have us as part of his family, which I just love. I love that that's his heart is he breaks down every wall and every barrier to bring us near to him. Amen. So I love that. That's, that's my reminder. That's that so, so good. And I love like that you're, you identified there's empowerment. We think we feel empowered by mm-hmm. kind of being at the table, or maybe we fought so hard to get a quote yeah. seat on at the table, yeah. unquote, that then we right. just don't want to give it up or we don't want to invite someone else at the table, but we should always be looking at ways to sow favor into the lives of others because what's Ooh. underneath what you're talking about is insecurity. And somehow it's mm-hmm. a scarcity mindset that if Jen, if the Lord blesses Jen and her, you know, ministry takes off or her family is flourishing and mine is struggling that somehow, you know, there's less for me if there's more for her. There's, there's that pain of rejection, that sting. It's genuine. I remember my first book proposal. I went through multiple rejections before I got, Mm -hmm. you know, a book contract. 
it's hard. I mean, it's hard to feel like, cause you start questioning your worth. You question, well, maybe I'm just a terrible writer. Maybe I don't have anything to say. No one. I mean, there's self doubt yeah. that comes in anyway, when you're writing, like no yeah. one's going to want to read this and no one's going to buy it. And you know, okay. if you, if you've never published a book, it can be, a, it can be a, a really soul searching experience. You have to come to grips with all of those insecurities that try to rear their ugly head. So we're going to face rejection. It's good for you to identify that. It's not like it's never going to happen, but we don't have to live rejected. We don't have to right, feel exactly. like our entire being is rejected. We belong. And that's mm-hmm. a message to remind yourself, maybe this particular group is is not including me, but I belong in God's family and he has the right people for me. And to be that person that's including others, like you said, we can right. do it as well. And mm-hmm. we've all been guilty of it. So we're not here to shame. Right. We're just here mm-hmm. to, to, to do this better and to recognize yeah. that God wants us to, to, to know who we are in him first and foremost, so that our relationships that we talked about earlier, our relationships flow from a place of healthy identity because our relationships will be healthier. If our identity in Christ is healthier, it's a natural byproduct that's going to happen. So, well, I would love to talk to you all day, Jen, because I believe so strongly in this message of collaboration over competition of knowing who we are in Christ over the crippling narrative of the world. So I hope this has been encouraging for you guys listening, but listen, get a copy of her book. She's not your enemy. And uh, when you, when you encounter disagreements, it's a whole thing we didn't get to go into today because we ran out of time, but there's another woman, the woman who disagrees with you. That's another woman that you talk about. And we've got to learn how to have relationships with people who are not going to always agree with us and have civil civil discourse (laughs) instead of everything being, you know, shutting down or, or um, not including you and, and, um, ghosting people because we just don't agree with them. She also right. talks about how to have a, a genuine relationship with people, not just the pain that we feel online when we see my life doesn't measure up. So, mm-hmm. so many rich things. And what I love, Jen, is you're bringing biblical truth throughout the entire book. Thank you for that. It's not just simply a self-help book. It's a real mm-hmm. book grounded in the word of God to know, look, when you know who you are in Christ, your relationships will improve. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this message before thank we you. hop off. She's going to pray for us in just a moment, but would you just let us know other than Jesus, who is that person in the Bible who most inspires you to make life matter? Because you're really encouraging us to make our life matter by knowing our worth in Christ. We've learned some of your favorite Bible passages, but Mm. is there a person that lives to the surface for you? Gosh, I immediately thought of the woman at the well that uh, that Jesus spoke to. She was a Samaritan woman and I write about her in the book, but I just love that Jesus looked at her and he saw her. He really knew what she needed. She had been rejected. She'd been ostracized, so many things. And Jesus looked at her and said, I I see you and I know you and I have what you need. Mm. And that changed everything for her. She turned around and told her whole town. She let nothing hold her back. And uh, she is such an inspiration to me. So that's who I love her. I wrote about her too in Fearless. She's, she's amazing. Mm. And you mentioned isolation earlier. She's there at the well by herself. You know, there's a lot of reasons why she was, but uh, completely kind of ostracized from community. And then my most recent book I wrote with my dad is on the life of Thomas, who's another one Mm, who pulled out of community when he was disappointed with life. And so that's another just encouragement I want to leave us with before Jen praises. Listen, if you're struggling with identity in Christ, you're struggling with 
relationships are difficult. You're just feeling like they're just not flourishing the way you want. I, I know it can be hard. Jen and I are not acting like this is always easy, but please do not pull yourself away from community because that's one of the worst things we can do. And it just becomes, we're so vulnerable then to the lies of the enemy because we don't have other people countering that, coming alongside of us, holding up our arms, speaking life into us. So I just this morning texted someone um, and I, and I know that they're going through some difficult decisions and I just wanted to be a voice of life. Listen, I know this is a difficult season. You're going to, God is going to empower you to give you the right decisions. Keep listening to the voice of the Holy spirit. I'm here for you. If you ever want to bounce something off of me, you never know what just giving a, a quick text to someone yeah. can do for them and keep you engaged in community as well. So Jen, how can people connect with you, get a copy of She's Not Your Enemy? You have other resources, your podcast, your blog. So where would you like them to find you? I am I pretty much changed all my handles to Jen Schultz author. Uh, you might have to see it spelled out, but uh, <laughs> check it out in the notes. I'm sure it'll be there. Uh, but I love interacting with people online. I love making social media social. So send me a message. I would love to chat with you more about any of these topics or or something else. And uh, yeah, you can find um, you can find me. Oh, and my website is jenschultzauthor.com. So that makes that easier. And you can find the book pretty much anywhere online that books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book. It's so good, Jen. And it's S-C-H-U-L-T-E-Z if you're looking for her. And I'll put that in my show notes as well. But Jen, thank you so much for your time today. And um, not just your time, but that you're giving your life to seeing women freed to be all that God has called them to be. And and uh, I'm I'm cheering you on as you're doing this because it's, yeah. it's such, your voice is so needed. What you're sharing is so needed. So thank you for helping women to live free. And I would love you to just close us in prayer today. Oh, that'd be great. Dear God, thank you so much for this time. God, thank you for who you are as compassionate and loving. And you are so relational to us, God. You're so present with us. Um, You take such good care of us. You watch out for us. You work for our good. You invite us into your family. God, I pray for the women who are listening to this, that they can know that about themselves and they can be confident in who you say that they are and and confident in who you are as well, that you're not changing, uh, that you are not, um, your, your character does not change. You are strong and you are there for us every step of the way. And God, I pray for the women who um, are just starting to do this work. They may be feeling burned out. They may be feeling lonely or insecure or comparing. And I just pray for them um, just that you would give them courage to be able to tackle these insecurities, to be able to identify the lies of the enemy and identify your truth and hold to it strongly. And I pray for them to find their people. Um, if they're, if they're in a group of people that are not contributing to the truth that you want them to know that they would find the right people, God, that you would direct them towards the right people. Um, towards community, towards a group of women that will build them up and invite them to sit at the table and that they can be those women as well. Thank you so much for this conversation. I pray that it blesses the women who hear it. And I pray in Jesus's name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.